Today on the Infinite Energy Podcast, we're tackling one of our favorite subjects, the energy of leadership. Oh, what it means, how we've seen it, how we've grown in it, how we've failed in it, and everything in between. Stay tuned, this one's gonna be a goodie. Hi, we're sisters Kay and Shai, and we're the hosts of the Infinite Energy Podcast. We believe that everyone has the power to live a more energized, optimistic, and fulfilling life. In every episode, we share tips and techniques for harnessing your own power and creating the life you deserve. Get ready to ignite and discover the limitless power of Infinite Infinite Energy. Okay, we are starting today's episode off with a full sister confession session because fam, this is the energy of leadership. But y'all, the more that we lead, the more we realize how much there is to know and how much we don't know about leadership. It is so hard. So like, hard. It might go like parenting and then business ownership <laughs> and, and then leadership right under it. And like uh, all of those bleed quite a bit, especially in a family business. So we're just, they're all three difficult things, right? But leadership is one of those things that is historically speaking, kind of brand new to look at, right? Like there hasn't really been this like study of leadership in the historical ages, right? It's about a hundred years old of actually studying leadership. Otherwise it was military leaders, it was rulers, it was kings, or when you didn't need to study it, it was just people who were in charge were in charge and they led the way that they led, right? And so now it's it's neat that we can even be at the place where we study this subject, but it is subjective, it is difficult, mm-hmm. it is deep, and it is just getting started. It is just getting started. In fact, you know, Shyla and I have the pleasure of teaching culture and leadership at the University of Nevada, Reno. And in our leadership class, we talk a little bit about the evolution of leadership and how the study of leadership has even emerged. You know, there was a, a, a back in the day, they thought that good leaders were just born. It was called the traits era of leadership. And, and, and if you were a good leader, it was because you were born that way. Congratulations. You won the leadership life lottery and got a character that was good enough to lead. But then they started to realize that it wasn't just this, you were born with it, that there were behaviors that were common amongst the good leaders. And so the behavioral era of leadership emerged and we started to see behaviors start to come to the forefront. And and we see this around the 1940s to the 1960s and 70s. This is where we start talking about seeing people as powerful, having the image of an executive. We start to see these, uh, the archetypes of leadership really start to come forward in these eras. And, and like Shayla mentioned, it wasn't really until these last three to four decades, the last 30 to 40 years, that we see leadership starting to take this center spotlight more in the sense that John Maxwell talks about in his definition of leadership, which is that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Right. And that's the definition that we'll use for today, just because it is our easiest one. Leadership is influence. Nothing more. Does that mean that's our definition definition of of the the day? day? Come on now. (laughs) Maybe not as technical as they have been in the past, but definitely the most practical. And it's actually the one that we use in our class as well. We will present all of the literature on leadership, all of the beautifully stated paragraphs. But at the end of the day, we're all going to come back to John's quote here, which is that it is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And so we can understand it really simply as this ability to influence others, right? Leadership is influence. Now, if you're in in a manager, right, you think you're about you're a leader, 
if you are a manager, you're trying to influence people to show up on time, to take care of their duties, to, to, to bust the tables, to do what it is that they need to do, right? You're influencing them to behave in a way that you would like. And so as we see these studies of leadership, it's gotten to the point kind of where Kay and I are as well. The, the, the literature now reflects that uh, every situation is different. And every person is different. And so there's a lot of like subjective leadership styles that are based on the environment that are going to be best crafted for the culture of the organization at the time in which it emerges. So there's a lot that we can do to be good leaders. There's a lot that we can employ in order to influence others. But Shaila and I have had to learn a lot of our leadership lessons the hard way. And Shai, one of the quotes that you say often, and it's a painful truth to realize, is that when you're a leader, you learn your leadership lessons on the backs of other people, which means when you make mistakes, you hurt people. And the emotional toll of being a leader can be one that's really difficult. Now, when I was 19, I took over as one of the assistant managers of our brand new South Reno location. It was 2011 at the time. The location had just opened. Hard to believe that was 12 years ago. Oh my goodness. And the location was was rocking and rolling. We had this younger staff and I was the type of manager that was very much positional leader. As John likes to say, there are leaders who lead from position, right? Just like Shyla mentioned earlier, back in the way old days, it was just whoever was in charge would tell everybody else what to do. And that was that. And so I was coming from a place as an, a young spry leader that I was in charge and I could tell other people what to do. And that was that. Now, when I was not cleaning the bathrooms, but telling other people to clean the bathrooms and instead sitting on the table and counting the money at the end of the day, I was wondering, why am I not able to influence people to do the things that I want them to do? What is going on here? Now, there wasn't a perfect method or a, a perfect book or anything that came through. What happened was, is we got, I got transferred to a different store and put under a more mature leader. And this more mature leader, the first thing she said to me was, before you ever count the money, make sure that you get out there and do one chore that you wouldn't want to do and that you know other people don't want to do either. And so every day I would find something that I would know that other people would not want to do, like scrub behind the bus tubs, pick the gum off the bottom of the tables. But what ended up happening is that every day when the people that I was leading saw that I was willing to do the tasks that were the things that they wouldn't want to do, it meant that when it was time at the end of the day for me to sit down and count the money and it was really time for them to go clean the bathroom, they had no qualms about doing the task because I had created a level of influence through that connection. Now, this was a leadership lesson that I had to learn, but one that I've never forgotten, that when we create a level of service for the people that we serve, that we end up creating more influence and ultimately can be a more successful leader. Well, you are a young, new leader in that example, but whether or not you're young, when you're in a new leadership position like Kay was, you often find yourself in these positions unknowingly uh, creating strife or resentment within your team or or hindering your own inability to influence your team, right? Because that's what we're coming back to. How good am I at influencing others to achieve the goal we all agree is the goal that we want to achieve right now? We might not agree on how that goal is expressed. I might say that, well, we're going to have happy guests, happy associates every day at this level. And someone else is like, what? Meh, they look happy. 
that's happy, <laughs> right? So we might have different level of measures, but if we agree on the same goal, that means that we're agreeing that I'm trying to influence you towards that goal. And so every new leader learns these lessons. Hopefully they have a mentor or a program or some training that helps them, but lots of times they don't. And they end up learning them the way Kay did or the way that I did. You know, uh, a common thing for new leaders to do and something that I definitely did as well is when you have that problem person, you know, the one, and you want to get rid of them, but you're too scared to, and you don't feel like you have enough ground to stand on to get rid of them. So you just do that thing where you start scheduling them less and you just kind of hope that they'll get the point and leave like that. As I've reflected back, I'm like, man, that was just one of those new leader things that I'm not the most proud of and that didn't impact people. And I remember particularly there was one gentleman uh, towards the end of my management days that had said to me finally, like, you, you aren't, why aren't you kind of push me, push me, push me? Why aren't you scheduling me more? And finally I said, you're just not performing at the level that you're expected to. And he honestly was relieved. Thank you, he said. Thank you for telling me finally what was going on. I've been wondering. I've been feeling it. I've been noticing that people were cold. I felt like something was going on. I haven't been making a lot of money because my shifts were getting cut. And I realized in that hot, sweaty August afternoon of that back room of the Sunday restaurant after the busy shift, that there was no way I could do that to somebody again. That from here forward, if I had some issue with somebody, I was going to talk to him about it directly or deal with it in a direct way and not let it fester to the point where I had to learn the lesson and get rid of them versus trying to correct it before then. So the energy of leadership is complex. Yeah. The energy of leadership is oftentimes painful. The energy of leadership also means you get to be the one who stands on the stage when it's time to receive the award, but it also means that you're the one staying at the store, the proverbial store, until the job is done, right? Whatever that is for you. And so when you embark on a journey of leadership, you are kind of making a pact with imperfection. You are allowing yourself the opportunity to create pain in yourself and in others so that you can bumble forward toward something new. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, that's not relevant if, if I may be just on my own journey and I don't lead others, ladies. And so this isn't relevant to me. Well, guess what? The highest form of leadership is leading yourself. And when we can lead ourselves effectively toward whatever it is that we want, when we're able to influence ourselves towards our highest good and ultimately toward our dreams, that's where the real magic starts happening. So stay tuned as we continue down today here on the energy of leadership. One of our proudest business accomplishments is what we've been able to do with Squeeze In Franchising. The Squeeze In is a breakfast lunch restaurant featuring the best omelets on the planet, and it's been around for almost 50 years, and now you can have a squeeze in in your community. We've seen how this business transformed our families, and now we are so excited to offer this to families around the country to see how this little restaurant might change their family and their community. If you're wondering how to set up your adult children for legacy and success through a small business, then the squeeze in is an option we urge you to consider. Come find out more about squeeze in franchising at squeezein.com. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. 
Well, it is true what they say, that the hardest person to lead is yourself. And so I'm glad, Kay, that you brought us home with that, just that reminder when we think about ourselves, well, I'm not in a management position or my career isn't in leadership. We are all leaders, absolutely, in our lives in different capacities and in different ways. And again, having to lead yourself is the hardest one. So even if your only job is to lead yourself, you've got a full-time leadership job that you might want to invest into under Understanding a little bit of how you can influence yourself better because my guess is you'd like to influence yourself to do a little more to be a little more to have a little more to go a little farther to to write to express and to live and so in order to do that you've got to get yourself to take some of those actions which means influence yourself which means lead yourself which brings us right back here to talking about the energy of leadership so how do you become a more effective leader what qualities can you stoke inside yourself to help yourself become more effective at leading others and leading yourself. Because remember, that leadership umbrella is a wide one indeed when it comes to life. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the qualities of an effective leader. Now, one of the ones that is, I think, probably the most important is a good vision. Now, a good leader has a clear and compelling vision for the future. They can articulate a well-defined purpose and direction that motivates and inspires their team or organization but I also want to reflect this down into the leading of yourself because if you don't have a quality clear vision of your own future if you don't know what you want you can never get there right but this vision piece is one that's so easy to understand and yet sometimes so hard to hold on to and to grasp and so we can say oh yeah vision's important i'm just still working on mine right now <laughs> right well get something get a little bit of clarity so that you can help compel and influence yourself forward towards that vision now that the the second quality we want to bring forward is the quality of integrity and what that really means is the way joseph mcclendon the third says is doing what you say you're going to do, keeping the promises to yourself and to others. That integrity piece being one of those pieces that those who are celebrated as good leaders tend to have. They have a high level of integrity, their ability to have a high standard and to set it and to meet it for themselves and others. This is one of those pieces that can uh, we see uh, when those are elevated into leadership positions without high integrity. If from lots of us, that's a real big disconnect and a big turnoff. Integrity is not a quality that you have or you don't have. Integrity is a skill. It is a characteristic that you can cultivate and that you can work on. Integrity means showing up the same way on the outside with your actions as you do on the inside. The way that you say that you are, the way that you act, that your character is in alignment, that you keep those promises to yourself and others. Now, when Shai and I were on our leadership journey back in, I think it was probably about 2016, 2017, Shai, we came to this realization. Now, we obviously prioritize connection, togetherness, love, acceptance. These are all things that if you were to ask either of us for our whole lives, are those things that you value? we would say yes. But in 2016, we started to realize that we had a really bad habit around talking smack, not like openly to people's faces, but as a means of connecting with one another. We would find things to poke fun of in situations or amongst other people. Like if if someone was uh, sporting a funny hat, we might make fun of that to each other, but we would be talking smack, right? 
somebody who's preaching love, acceptance, togetherness, but finding connection through talking about others in a less than kind way. And when we found our, our behavior was outside of alignment with our stated values, we decided to flex our integrity muscle. I, I'm hoping to illustrate here that integrity isn't a you have it or you don't. It's built and it's a skill that has to be practiced and can be managed over time. Right. And even though you may value something like inclusion and positive talk, you might not always be demonstrating that. Integrity is just simply understanding. I think when you find those those places in your life and you shine the light on it, that you say, I am willing to, to make a change and not to continue to justify that behavior. And it wasn't something that we are proud of, but I am proud to say that we've come so, so far from there that even when others try to now connect with us in terms of, of maybe putting someone down or making fun of someone, we are vastly uncomfortable with it. And we'll usually pretty much just start defending the person, maybe having some inclusionary statements, trying to find some brighter sides to that perspective. So it's been a really cool thing um, to watch that transform in us. And if that's maybe stoking in something for you, I hope we hope that you'll follow that thread as well. Another characteristic of a leader that may interest you is the characteristic of emotional intelligence. Now, leaders with emotional intelligence understand and manage their own emotions effectively, and they demonstrate empathy and have the ability to recognize and respond to the emotions of others, fostering strong interpersonal relationships. Now, one of the most emotionally intelligent people we know, her name is Megan Scott. She is an administrator on our team. And recently, we were having a discussion with a few of our team members where we asked them, what are the things that you feel you value from a characteristic standpoint? And she said, I value empathy. One of the highest things I value the most in my life is empathy and being able to step into someone else's shoes and to lead them. And what I can tell you about Megan is that she's one of the most effective people leaders I've ever met. Whereas Shyla and I are really good people energizers, people inspirers, people influencers. Megan is an incredible people leader. And it's because of her level of emotional intelligence and her prioritization of the value of empathy that allows her to so easily connect with and lead others. What I loved about that conversation that we got to have was asking uh, our, our core four, as we like to call it, what are your top two values at, in reflection of what you do daily, right? So not what do you value conceptually, right? Like Kay and I would say we value inclusion, but what are our behaviors showing in 2016 was not congruent with that. Like what are your behaviors now? If someone was looking at you, they would say you value this. And so to see someone like Megan answer the question like that was just so aware. It was so smart. It was so empathetic. It was so it emotionally was. intelligent. Imagine that, right? It, it was so, um, I thought it was a beautiful demonstration of one, excellent personal reflection, and two, the value that a skill like this can be. Someone might say, that's not a value, right? Empathy, that's, that's, that's oh, why would that even make it on the values list? But it's taken her so far to put have something like that front and center that she focuses on every day. And so I just love that conversation. It really it was a beautiful conversation indeed. Now, the next quality of a leader we want to bring forward, and Shyla, this is one that you demonstrate very well. This is the quality of decisiveness. A good leader is capable of making timely and informed decisions. They weigh the available information and take responsibility for their choices. Now, Shai, you are really good at making decisions. And I think oftentimes it's because you seem like you're just not afraid to actually be the ultimate one to make the decision. But talk a little bit about your decision making philosophy. 
Yeah, all of these are qualities and skills that some of us will feel very strong in others areas and very weak in some. And so this is one that I know I am strong at naturally, which is nice. And some of the others I'm very weak in as well. But that decisiveness piece being that you probably get to the point of knowing what it is that is right before you vocalize it. I would say just work on shortening that (laughs) that (laughs) amount of that time uh, when you when you know what's right. Right. You get to that place where you have analyzed the data. You've heard from the different perspectives and then you're ready to make the decision you know what the right decision is what's often holding us back from making that right decision is that we don't like what it looks like to have to carry out that decision and so sometimes if we take away what does it look like to carry out the decision and just go past that at the other end what does my perfect future look like that can help us understand okay this is the, the right future which means the right action is is this one and so that can make the decision easier but this is one that i'm just glad that i'm good at (laughs) it is nice to be good at it and for those of you who are leaders out there who maybe are if you're an entrepreneur and you feel like you struggle with decision making then let your sisters here just tell you it's okay to make the wrong decision in fact actually it's not just okay you're gonna make it necessary you have to make the wrong decisions like welcome to business leadership you're gonna I almost said a bad word. Fudge it up. You're going to fudge it up. You are going to mess up. So welcome. Um, And then if you are a person who leads other people, one of the best things that we've told our team in helping them to increase their ability around decisiveness is we told them that it's okay for them to make the wrong decisions. In fact, we took this quote from Chris Robinson, our leader over in the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. He said, I will cover any mistake that you make unless it is a mistake of character, like you lie or you steal or something of that nature. And so we've empowered our teams now to get out there and make the wrong decision. So that's a great leadership hack for you if you lead others. Stay tuned as we continue talking here about the excellent qualities of a leader. We're talking leadership this week, and one of the organizations we are so proud to be at the helm of is the Neuroencoding Institute. We got to co-found the Neuroencoding Institute alongside Dr. Joseph McClendon III, amazing, world-renowned neuropsychologist and incredible mentor and teacher. If you're at all interested in learning more about what the Neuroencoding Institute does and what it can do for you, please visit neuroencoding.com. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. There's a very special reason that the energy of leadership is debuting this week. And that's because right now we are actually in Orlando, Florida with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team for the twice a year International Maxwell Conference. And we're so glad to be there at the feet of the leadership leadership expert, John Maxwell. You know, right around that timing of the ill-fated restaurant leadership situation where I was not able to get the people to clean that bathroom due to my terrible leadership skills. I was combined with a, obviously that older manager mentor moved to a different store, helped me a lot. 
But I also at that time encountered one of John's books, The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader, that introduced us to Maxwell and his teachings and that ended up being the gateway for our family's involvement with John and the Maxwell team. And so the leadership principles that he's taught have literally helped us to transform our business. You know, in fact, the very first time our mom ever went to one of the conferences, she came back and she was so different. We were like, uh oh, mom Mom joined a cult. (laughs) It really felt like she had joined a cult because before she left, she kept saying it's got to be processes, systems and efficiencies, processes, systems and efficiencies. And then four days with Mr. Maxwell and she comes back and goes, ladies, it's people, systems and efficiencies. (laughs) And we're like, well, duh, right? And with a couple of millennial daughters who've been trying to advocate for culture and all of these things, but we needed her business acumen to get us where we were. And then it was time to bring in this piece so that we could elevate our business to the next level. And and that piece was the leadership piece and understanding what were those qualities of a leader that we could then work on as skills to strengthen our family business and grow from there. So from this desire for business growth, she finds herself in this leadership conference. It actually kind of changes the trajectory of everything for us. And and we are now understanding what these qualities are and working on them. And so being able to look for new resources, find new material that help you grow and expand is exactly the demonstration of the next quality that we want to bring forward, which is adaptability, right? Any leader who's worth their teeth in anything is going to tell you, you got to be ready to change on the fly. That decision you made that you were so decisive about, it's the wrong one. And now it's time to do 15 things different. (laughs) That one thing that you crossed off the list, well, now there's four things that are popped up on it, right? So it's that ability to adapt and to stay with it and be flexible often is what keeps leaders in the game longer than anybody else. You know, staying in the game often ends up being the way that you win it. I I often like to think about the running of a marathon, right? In a race, like let's talk about like a 200 meter race. If it's a very straightforward race, you know, first place, you know, second place, you know, third place. It's like, okay, great. You know, those first, second and third, they can all say, great, they did a good job. But in a marathon, yeah, you know, first, second and third, but every single person who ran that marathon not only gets a medal, but when they tell other people they ran a marathon, those people are like, wow, that's so impressive. They don't say you don't tell somebody, oh, I ran a marathon and they say, well, what place did you get? Right. No, they say, oh, my gosh, that's so impressive. You completed. I could never do that. Right. And so the leaders, oftentimes the ones who are able to be adaptable and just stay in the game are the ones who end up succeeding. Now, staying in the game often take oftentimes takes a lot of this next quality, which is the quality of confidence. Good leaders display confidence in their abilities and the abilities of their team. This confidence helps to instill a sense of assurance and motivation among followers. Now, confidence can often be misconstrued for bravado. Confidence can be uh, thought of as maybe something that is uh, on the outside versus on the inside. But inner confidence, when then built in order to influence others, can be one of those leadership tactics that helps you be incredibly influential because it increases your level of certainty. Right. And I'm so glad that you said certainty because that's what really comes forward for me here is that when we think about confidence as a skill, right, Kay said assurance, certainty, right, security. This is that piece where you just know that you have the integrity that you say you're, you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Confidence doesn't mean you think you're going to get it right. I mean, you that's kind of crossing into arrogance, right? Which uh, can sometimes be helpful. But confidence means I know that I am a capable, 
able human being with the experience and abilities that led me to this moment that are going to allow me to respond appropriately to whatever comes forward, right? Confidence is that security, that assurance, that certainty in knowing that you can handle what's in front of you and you can do what you say you're going to do. So next up, let's talk about the leadership quality of empowerment. Now, empowerment really helps to breed confidence. If you're struggling with confidence, we would highly recommend some empowerment. Like, get out there and My go. prescription pad. One empowerment. <laughs> yeah, you're, this is the Kay and Shy official sister prescription pad. Now I want to have one. Yeah. We need to get like a sister scription. Two empowerments. It's your it's your subscription <laughs> pad. Hey. Uh, all right. Your subscription for the day is a little empowerment. If you are struggling with confidence. Now, you can find empowerment in all kinds of places. Uh, we would highly recommend um, Disney YouTube compilation videos, maybe some Les Brown, Tony Robbins. Yep. Maybe go check out our mentor, Joseph McClendon III, for some good old-fashioned empowerment. But oftentimes in a leadership sense, rather than micromanaging, effective leaders empower their team members to take ownership of the work and to contribute their unique skills and perspectives, which means empowering people to make mistakes, empowering people to create their own change, empowering people to bring their spin to the process, which for a lot of us means letting go control. And oh, can that be tough? Absolutely can be tough. And it, it can mean that sometimes the outcomes don't happen the way you wanted them or when you wanted them. And that and that's can be a difficult thing to navigate, especially if you're not adaptable, like we said earlier. What, the, the, what you mentioned there, Kay, that I think is, is so profound is that ability to instill your own level of confidence by empowering others. When we empower others, when we remind them of their successes, when we build them up, when we light them up, when we uh, when we support them and create an environment around them that's positive, that reflects back to us good things that make us feel supported and cared for and strong and able to go through things and more confident in our abilities. So empowerment and confidence can really be complementary. And you don't have to necessarily try to build your confidence. If you just focus on empowering others, confidence will come back through that. Okay. Did y'all just see the literal? I don't know. If you're here on the video, you may have just seen the motion that Shyla made, but she's literally doing infinity. the infinity sign, yeah. right? That's how that goes. You empower and you create that then builds the confidence that then gives you the energy to empower that then builds the confidence, right? So this is that infinite energy loop. And and Shai, this is totally our, I, I'm like thinking about our own sister confidence loop, right? We do this for each yeah. other, right? We build each other up. We give each other confidence. We empower one another. And so maybe if you are in our sibling hood today, let us just empower you a little bit. Hey, sis, you hey, got bro. This. You got this. Like, come on. We are here together. It, it might be a hard day. It might be a good day. But whatever kind of a day it is, you are more than capable of handling it. And this is the kind of stuff Shai and I get to say to each other all the time. We're proud of you and we love you. And now we get to slap you around a little bit because the next quality <laughs> is <laughs> accountability. No one's favorite. Ooh, leaders hold themselves necessary. and their teams accountable for their actions and outcomes. They take responsibility for both successes and failures and learn from any and all mistakes. Right. Accountability is that piece to take responsibility, to say when you messed up, 
to fess up when you didn't do the thing, when you forgot something, when you said the wrong thing, right? And accountability is in alignment with integrity because it's that doing what you said you're gonna do, right? It's saying, I'll send those emails and then accountability is coming back the next day and saying, I sent the five and here's the receipts or here's my sent box or anything like that. But accountability is one that often can be difficult because it's not always congruent with those who love to influence and spark and lead and be in the front. Uh, sometimes accountability can be tough to manage with that. Oh yeah, holding yourself and others accountable sucks, right? Like it sucks. Like it's not fun to face yourself in the mirror when you haven't done the things that you say you're going to do. It's not fun to sit down across from somebody else when they haven't done what they've said they're going to do and you the leader have to help hold them accountable. And so it, it's the, like Shaila said, can be the challenging part for maybe some of us who enjoy a little bit more of that sparkle, but ultimately it helps to create the final trait that we're gonna talk about here, which is one of the most important traits of a leader which is that of resilience. Now, leadership can be demanding and challenging, so good leaders demonstrate resilience and perseverance in the face of setbacks or obstacles. Because just like we talked about earlier, leadership is really about running that marathon. It's about how long you can stay in the game, how well you can learn from your mistakes, and ultimately how well you can get back up again when you've fallen. Well, I think that being resilient is something that all of us can cultivate a little bit more of. And though we are sad to be at the end of this episode with you, we are working on our resilience in uh, burgeoning our <laughs> excitement for the next episode and time that our family is together. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Know that it comes at you with so much love from your sisters, Kay and Shai. Go like, subscribe, and share. Thanks, bye. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.